Uh, we talked about three sort of pinnacle areas of the Holy Spirit that's super important that we understand. First of all, the Holy Spirit's with us, which means he's been with us from the beginning, from the beginning of time, hovering over the earth. The Holy Spirit moved all throughout the Old Testament. The difference was because there was no redeemed people on the earth until Jesus, Holy Spirit couldn't remain inside of us because we're sinful. But then Jesus came, changed everything, changed the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And when he uh, was crucified, rose again, uh, provide an opportunity for us to be born again on the inside. He breathed on the Holy Spirit, uh, breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit in him. So he's with us. Now he's in us. When you receive Christ, that's what happens. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Resurrection power, somebody, come on. Holy Spirit, same power that, that raised Christ from the dead is inside of us in the Holy Spirit. And that's what makes us come alive. And then we said the Holy Spirit upon us, with us, in us, and then upon us. And upon us is that reigniting. And we talked about the difference between having a roommate and a house manager. Now listen, a house manager is so much better because they do all kinds of things for you. And it's, it, it's a lifelong dream of mine to have a house manager. Wouldn't that be so nice? Uh, they don't just clean the house. They manage the logistics, all those little to-dos that are just weighing heavy on you. They're taken care of by the house, house manager. And the difference is when we allow the Holy Spirit to take control, then he leads. And so every day we wake up and say, fill me, Lord, afresh and anew so that I might respond to you, so that you might lead me and guide me, so I might walk with authority and power, so I might walk with confidence. And, um, and I step into those divine appointments that you bring, uh, you don't just come inside me to make me alive, but you came inside me to live through me every day. That's good news, amen? So where are we gonna land today is a famous verse as it relates to the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16. I'll be up there. It says, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. One verse down, he will glorify me, Jesus. That's important. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And then he's going to say it again. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Jesus, it truly is living and active. It has the ability to transform our lives. And more than anything, it has the ability to open up the eyes of our heart, that we might see clearly, that we might see a new and a fresh you, Jesus, sitting on the throne, that we might appropriate the finished work of the cross and step into an incredible new relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we might be led in power and authority. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So recently, uh, we had the privilege of going to Mexico on a little birthday trip for Philip. Philip just turned 44, and he had a dream of going to a little restaurant called Cuatros Cuatros, which means 44. And it's this epic. There they are. Look at that couple. Come on. I took that photo. I know. So behind us is, the, is literally the Pacific Ocean, and it's this little restaurant. It's like 
dirt floor, like no big deal, but the location of it makes it first class. It's unbelievable. 180 degree views of the Pacific Ocean up on that cliff, breeze. It's just breathtaking. And so Philip wanted to go for his birthday uh, to celebrate. And so we got to do that. Now, that being said, the difficulty when you go down to Mexico is getting back. They let you in just fine. But when you want to return, it's a whole nother deal. So my wife and I have passports and we actually went down there for the first time as a couple for our 18 year anniversary last year and stayed for a couple of days uh, just north of Ensenada on a little spot right on the water, ate some good food, lobster, things like that. And, um, and so when we came home, this was a year ago, when we came home, came to the border, well, we just did what you would naturally do. You type in the address, typed in our home address to our maps, and then I'm like, it's going to take us to the border and we'll cross and we'll be good. So I type in the address. Sure enough, takes us right to the border and it takes us to this, the best line ever because we were at the border in 20 minutes crossing. Now, I just thought this was normal until you reach the line and then you realize there's something wrong because this line's moving really fast and then there's like 10 lines that are moving really slow. So we get to the, to the booth. We talk to the guy and he, he asks for our century pass. Like, what's the century pass? He goes, you don't have a century pass? I said, no. And he goes, then you're in the wrong line. Okay, how do I get to the right line? He said, it's too late. And I say, what do we do now? And he goes, give me your passports. Take some of my passports. It's a federal official. Heather and I, both passports. And he's just doing this. I'm like, is he looking us up online? Is he checking our FBI report? What are we doing? Takes 15 minutes, check, you know, doing all this stuff. He hands our passports back and he goes, you're in the system. If you ever get in this line again without a century pass, it's a $5,000 fine each. So I'm like, so just to clarify, this is a free pass, right? <laughs> he goes, yeah, you're not gonna be charged. But if I see either of you in this line again, it's $5,000 each. Duly noted, not going to make that mistake again. So back to the epic birthday, learned our lesson. Now we're in Mexico, we're headed back. So I talked to Philip. Hey, how do, we, how do we make this happen? I talked to Qua. How do we make this happen? I don't want to follow the same route. So he's like, you got you to gotta, uh, download another app. It's called Waze. So I downloaded Waze. He's like, it'll take you. And you want to go to the ready lane. So Heather's got it on her phone, ready lane. Apparently there's three lanes. There's the sentry, then there's the ready, and then there's everybody else. You want ready because you have a passport. Great. Type it in. Heather's got it. We're on our way. Now, granted, listen, high stress. $5,000 a piece just elevates the game a little bit, right? So I'm like, babe, you have to get it right. She's like, I got it right. Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm positive. So we're headed. We're like 10 minutes out. Babe, seriously. So I'm like, and you know, we're driving in Mexico. So I mean, it's hard to begin with to drive in Mexico. So stress is heightening as we get closer to the border because the traffic's so crazy. Once you get in a line, you're stuck. So if you don't get in the right lane, forget it. You're dipped, right? It's just one of those deals. You have to get in the right lane. So Heather and I are going back and forth. I'm like, I don't know if you've got it. She's like, I've got it. So I'm like looking at the map. We're studying it. We're zooming in. Like, do we have the right pathway? So we get on this. So all of a sudden, we, and I, I'm seeing the line that I was previously in 
when I went uh, with Philip and I'm like, I feel like, I feel like we're supposed to be over there and there's a big barricade in between and we're cruising like free flowing, no line. And there's a line over here and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I feel like we should be over there and I'm driving and it's cl- and the border's coming close. And we have like one or two more turns left before we're done. If we're not in the right lane, we're not in the right lane. So Heather and I are like bantering back and forth, right? Like borderline yelling, not at each other, just the moment. <laughs> it's $5,000, babe, right? So she's like, this is it. She's like, you said ready lane. This is the ready lane. I don't know. This doesn't feel right. So finally I make, I pivot and I'm like, no, get on the other one. Get, get, get the map out again and get us to the regular one. We, we turn off of that lane and we get in this line. And I'm like, okay, I think this is it. This is good. Cause it's a line. I don't want to just get to the border, no line. That's bad news. Get me in a line and I feel better. So we turn around, all of a sudden we're sitting in line. I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. So like an hour goes by and I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. So Heather jumps in the car. I go to the bathroom, come back. We still like literally haven't moved. I think we moved like one car forward. So then another hour goes by. I'm like, this doesn't feel like the ready lane. But at this point, there's nothing you can do, right? Alex and Liz were with us. Joel was with us. So Joel all of a sudden starts bantering with the, because people come and they try to sell you stuff, including animals. I didn't realize this. So Joel is like asking them to bring in puppies. Like we're going to bring a puppy home. (laughs) He's like holding a husky and like other, I'm like, Joel, you're not buying an animal. So finally we get to the main deal and we see all the lines and sure enough, there's like 10 regular lines. And these are for people who don't have a passport, like barely have an ID and they're hoping to get across. That's the line we're in. And then there's a big barricade and then there's all the other lines and they're just flowing. So no joke, by the time we got up to the, to the guy, five hours. So we get across, we get home. Qua texts me because he was behind us. Yeah, how long did it take you there at the border? Five hours. He's like, oh yeah, I got through in 45 minutes in the ready lane. (laughs) Come on, seriously? Note to self, if you go, bring a passport and get to the ready lane. If you're going quick, don't worry. Because if it says ready lane, you're good. Don't make a right and get in the long line. Five hours. So that's my story. (laughs) kind of lost my taste for Mexico just a little bit. Like, it's wonderful when you're there. Philip will get me back on the bandwagon, but oh my gosh. Aren't you glad that, uh, that the Holy Spirit leads us? But it's easy to get off track, isn't it? To listen to that wrong voice and get off track. And I believe that that. God would want to awaken awaken us afresh and anew in the way that the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. Now, I'm not not just talking about like practically decisions you're going to make and ways to go and what paths to take, although the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in that. But when we read that scripture and it says the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, there's something so much more deeper and profound that he's leading you in than the choices you're making. He's leading you in your truth, who you are, your inner man, 
your identity, your confidence, your boldness. This is how the Holy Spirit is wanting to lead you. But it's so easy to lose track, isn't it? It's so easy to listen to the bit different way. Even just a half a degree and all of a sudden, we on the inside, we're just off a little bit. Anybody wake up and you're just off a little bit. So this is the role of the Holy Spirit. I wanna to talk to you about the roar inside of you. There's a roar inside of you. And this is the Holy Spirit. And I'll, don't make no mistake, he is a lion. He carries so much power and so much authority. And he is dying to be the roar inside of you that, that, that literally becomes the foundation for who you are. Leading and guiding you here and here. Because how many know there's a roar out there, isn't there? And it's coming like an onslaught for you and I and our kids every day telling us who we are telling us the way that we should think and do. And I wanna say the Holy Spirit is gonna be awakened in us today, afresh and anew to be the roar inside of you. And we know that because, listen, the world says things like, be true to yourself. Discover your inner self. Find your truth. See, the world knows that we have a roar inside of us. They're searching for it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a positive way. Like people that don't know Christ are searching for that inner roar. They just don't know how to get it. They don't know how to tap in to who that is. And so they go to all kinds of different things, don't they? Somewhere deep inside, they know that we were not created to walk around insecure we were not created to walk around second guessing ourselves, trying to figure out who we are and who to listen to. So we turn to all kinds of interesting alternatives. Maybe, just maybe, I will find myself. Everybody, anybody heard that before? Just trying to find myself, trying to figure that out on the inside. Maybe I'll find the courageous, fearless, beautiful version of me that I am proud of. Maybe I need a life coach. Maybe I need a health coach. Maybe I need a mind coach. Maybe I need a spiritual coach. Heck, maybe I need a fashion coach. One of these coaches has got to be able to point me in the direction to a rake in the, war, the roar inside of me so that I don't walk around second-guessing myself, insecure and figuring out who I am. The world says, just find it because it's in you. You're amazing. You're beautiful all by yourself. So just trust it. Find that in there. And at the end of the day, we're like, I, I don't know. Is that right? Do I just trust myself? Am I just awesome? And I just need to figure that out? Am I alone in this journey, in the world that we live in? Spend any time on social media, right? I feel like Instagram is just filled with people taking pictures of themselves and then saying, best life ever, killing it. And then everyone else comments, you're awesome, look at you. Next post, another picture of themselves. Is that how we get there? 
As helpful as these might be, these coaches, wellness coaches, listen, I'm not downplaying the coaches. Personal coaches, on their own, none of them can strengthen your inner man. And that's really what we're talking about. Strengthening your inner man, that person inside of you that God created in his image and in his likeness. And how do you tap into that and walk with confidence and authority? And how do we pass that down to the next generation so they're strengthened in their inner man? It's profound when you see somebody that walks with a sense of boldness and confidence in their inner man, there's something different. It's different. You're like, man, you're, and they saw it in Jesus because Jesus would roll in and he'd say, he'd read, he'd just roll up the scroll, read it and sit down. And they'd be like, we've never seen anybody with such authority, such boldness, such resurrection power. This is inner man. Nothing can replace the powerful work of the Holy Spirit to declare who you are and give you authority. Nothing can replace it. Ephesians chapter three, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father. This is Paul praying. I pray that he may grant you out of the rich, this is the um, amplified version, I love this, the rich treasury of his glory, to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being. Come on, can we just read that again? Can we just read that again? This is the word of God being illuminated to us today in this regard. He's praying that he may grant you with rich out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being. Paul's saying, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come alive of you in such a way that inner roar so that you know who you are. But it's different than the world. The enemy always offers a counterfeit that looks similar, right? Looks similar. He did it to Jesus when he lured him out to the desert. Jesus, bow down to me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Well, Jesus was already going to be given all the kingdoms of the world. He was already going to be given the highest name above all. Above every kingdom in heaven and on earth and below the earth. So Satan was like, I'm going to give it to you. I'll give you what you're already going to get. Just a little bit of a shortcut. Just a minor thing. Bow down to me. So small. It's a shadow. And so the enemy offers a counterfeit to this world. And, sh- and, 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 and the enemy says, be awesome. Find your inner self. It's amazing. And the problem with that is in the end, it makes us feel like a fraud. Now, I don't want any show of hands, but I want you to answer me inside yourself. Anybody ever feel like a fraud? Anybody, especially in like the Christian circle, because we come to church and we put the smile on and we're like, we're awesome and we're good. And like, I'm more than a conqueror. And we like kind of say the right things. And again, not that we're, like, we're, not that we're being fake, 
But on the inside, it's like, ah, I feel like a fraud a little bit. Like as if to say, at some point, somebody's going to discover. Yeah. I'm not actually that person. I'm like trying to be. I'm not trying to be fake or, 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 or disingenuous. But at the end of the day, really? I feel like a fraud. Okay, now you can show of hands. Anybody ever feel like that? All of us do. All of us do. And the message of the world leads you to that path. And the reason for that is because there's nothing that backs the claims of the world about you. And we're going to get into that. The first point is this. The message of the world tethers you to you. The message of the world tethers you to you. So we're left to justify the claims of truth and identity on our own. So that's the problem with finding your inner self. Well, if you find it outside of Jesus, then what you found is you. Well, I know me. And I'm not awesome. I want to be. But I know me. And you know you. So the message of the world is like, no, you're awesome. Just let it out. This message says that you are powerful and beautiful and enough all by yourself. Just believe in yourself. Just trust yourself. Just glow like a butterfly. You're amazing. And you're like, all right, all right. I'm going to start believing that. Let's go. I'm going to go to my health coach and my life coach and my spiritual coach and my mind coach. And I'm going to say the, recite the right things. I'm awesome. I'm amazing. People like me. Okay, let's go. And then you go and you're like, wait a minute. I'm totally a fraud. Because it's just mumbo jumbo. I'm trying to believe in something. Like somebody tell me why, why um, anybody have any money on them? You always have money. Give me some money. Give me a hundred dollar bill. Come on. I may or may not give it back. Okay. Anybody have any idea why this is valuable? Now, I granted it's, you know, becomes less valuable sometimes and we won't talk about that. But at the end of the day, this has value, right? For $20. Now, relative to the rest of the world, what $20 is worth, but here it's worth $20. Why? Because it's backed by something. Now, it used to be backed by gold. I don't know what it's backed by anymore, but it's backed by something. Something backs this and says, no, it's actually valuable. What we say it is, is what we say it is. So the message of the world, the message of the world says, no, you're awesome and you're backed by you. Isn't that great? So you get to back your claims of having that roar inside of you. It's a false roar because deep inside we know. So it leaves us feeling like a fraud, second guessing ourselves. And we wonder why a whole generation is confused about who they are. Utterly confused. And this, this church is gonna be a church that invests in the next generation. 
and champions the next generation and believes in the next generation. And we do that. We put our money where our mouth is and we're gonna always do that. But I'm telling you, there is a major crisis and it's not just our crisis because we have that and we face all this, but they are facing it on a whole nother level. And so they wake up in the morning and they go, hey, I feel like a fraud. Maybe the answer is I just need to switch genders. Maybe if I switch to the other gender, I won't feel like as a fraud as much. Do you know that there's a, such a thing as a dead name? I learned this stuff from Heather because she's a teacher. You know, there's such a thing as a dead name. Remember I told you about the enemy's shadow? He offers a shadow or a counterfeit to the truth. There's a thing called dead name. If you want to transition and move on because your old life wasn't any good, it was a fraud. It wasn't really, the world says it was amazing, but you finally realized it wasn't amazing. And so now you're going to have a new life and you're going to transition to whatever the heck you want to be. And then you change your name and the other name is called your dead name. I'm dead to it and I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. It's a new life, new world. I even have a new name. And I get to move forward with this beautiful life that's backed by me until I figure out I'm a fraud again because I'm not backed by anything other than what I can convince myself I am. It's the world we live in. Jesus offers something different. And if we're not leaning into this and helping our young people, then we are leaving them to figure this out on their own. So the message of the Holy Spirit tethers you to Jesus. The message of the world tethers you to you. The message of the Holy Spirit, go ahead and throw that up there, tethers you to Jesus. And again, this message is about the Holy Spirit because it's his, one of his primary roles. His message is backed by the risen Savior and finished work of the cross. So listen, our money is backed by something. But listen, the message that the Holy Spirit brings you about who you are is backed by something so much more powerful than even that's below our money. And that's the risen Savior because Jesus backs the claims about who you are. So if Jesus isn't a fraud, then you aren't either. Good. One of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to declare who you are and strengthen you with power and might in your inner man. We already went over that because this is his role. And so he sends us a message to our inner man declaring who we are. And it's constant and it's coming all the time. The problem is we can't, we don't always tap into the frequency, but I'm telling you, his message is coming all of the time. And it's telling you and reminding you who you are. And it's backed by Jesus. I love this scripture because we read it at the very beginning out of John chapter 15. And it says, uh, John chapter 16, verse, verse uh, 15, it says, and he, the spirit will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I wanna break this down because it's amazing. So he, the spirit will glorify me. Who's me? Jesus. Jesus is talking here. So he's saying, and the Holy Spirit He's going to glorify me. How? By taking what is mine and declaring it to you. So let me break this down. 
Jesus is glorified when the Holy Spirit declares who you are. Jesus is glorified and lifted high and showcased for who he is when the Holy Spirit whispers to you who you are. Why? Because you're hidden with Christ in God. Because you are who you are because of Jesus. So when we walk around with confidence and boldness about our beauty and our majesty and our glory and our identity, it's not like, look at me, I'm backed by me because I'm awesome. So no one can tell me different. It's like, no, I'm low. I'm not awesome, but he is awesome. He is amazing. And so he has made me new. I do have a brand new name and it's not because of my brilliant idea, but it's because of his goodness and his grace. And so he saved me out of the muck and the mire and he led me to a place where I actually am brand new. And so I can stand on that. And when I stand on it, and when I tell you, and when I tell you, and when I tell you who I am, I'm simply pointing to Jesus. Because I'm hidden with Christ in God. Romans chapter six, verse three says this, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we were joined with him in death? For we died and were buried with Christ in baptism. And just as Christ was risen from the dead by the glory of God, now we also might walk in newness of life. Listen, you want to talk about a dead name? I can tell you about my old life and it's dead. I am not that person anymore. That person is a fraud. But who I am today, I stand secure and you stand secure in who you are because the message of the Holy Spirit to you is backed by Jesus. So when he says you're worthy, when he says you're worthy, When he says you're amazing, when he says you have purpose, he does so with nail-pierced hands. You're worthy. It has nothing to do with you. You You didn't somehow figure out how to make yourself worthy. You're not just believing the message of the world that you're worthy and you just need to get up every day and renew your mind and do all this stuff and mumbo jumbo because you are backing you. We're not living in that world. I'm backed by the risen savior who's telling me with nail scarred hands, I am worthy. I am free. I am right. I am forgiven. I am accepted. This is the message of the Holy Spirit. And listen, if you're hearing any other message, it's not from the Holy Spirit because we just read it. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to glorify me and he's going to take what is mine and declare it to you. It brings no glory to Jesus for the Holy Spirit to condemn you for not being holy. Now, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation makes you want to go crawl in a hole. Conviction, it's that upward call. It's beautiful. Conviction is God saying, come on, that's not who you are. That's right. You make a mistake. You go back to this old fraud life. 
and you do some things and you act in a certain way and you kind of revert back, right? And you wake up in the morning and you just hear that, that, and it feels like a breeze. It feels like wind in your sails. Come on, that's not who you are. Come on, repent where you need to repent. Go say you're sorry where you need to say you're sorry. Come on, go make things right. And then come on, let's step up into the upward call because that's not who you are. You're my child. You're righteous. You're still right. You're still holy. Come on, walk in that. Don't go back to that old stuff. That's not who you are. That's the Holy Spirit conviction backed by Jesus. And that brings glory to God because it showcases who you are hidden with Christ in God. Come on, that's good teaching right there. So the challenge is that we have to tap into the frequency and I'm gonna land the plane here. We have to tap into this frequency because there's so many different wavelengths, just like you're tuning the dial on your radio. There's so many different frequencies that you and I tap into. And we have to learn how to turn this frequency into the message of the Holy Spirit. I just showed you a way. It's never condemnation. It's never you propping you up. My message props Jesus up. As we tune in this frequency, we must expose the fraud. There is a version of me that is a fraud. And it's me-centered. There's a, a version of me that is a fraud and it's self-sufficient, go-it-alone version of me. And I'll tell you, that version is buried with Christ in God. This version of me isn't propping me up, it's propping him up. So, so we don't get offended. So I don't have to protect myself. I don't have to constantly have my guard up. I don't have to make sure that people, you know, give me what I'm owed. That's propping me up. That's the message of the world. You better get yours because you're awesome. And don't let anybody tell you different. Really? That's what Jesus did? Because I see Jesus turning the other cheek. I see Jesus stepping down on, on his knees and washing the disciples' nasty, dirty, stinky feet. I see Jesus welcoming in Judas. Hey, you're going to betray me, but I love you. I love you. See, the frequency of the Holy Spirit is so much different because when we have an inner roar inside of us, when we know who we are, we're not walking around insecure trying to protect ourselves and guard ourselves because listen, the version of the world, the version of you that comes from the world is so fragile. You can blow it over with a little, because it's backed by you. So you better protect that. If that's all you've got, then I'll tell you, it's gonna get squashed at any turn. But the version of you that's hidden with Christ and God, it's got resurrection power backing it. Like, you can't hurt me. I'm here to pour out my life for others. I'm not here to make sure that everyone treats me right and everyone, you know, all, like that's, that's what the world does. We get on all fours and we say, listen, how can I serve this world? You don't have to do nothing for me. My inner roar is so strong. I'm good. 
How can I serve you? How can I love you? And I get up every day and I say, Jesus, I'm going to choose today to be the version of me that goes low, less of me and more of you. The message of the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that uh, who I am is hidden with Christ in God. I want to draw your attention to this last slide because these are just some profound in Christ messages that you're going to receive as you turn into that right frequency. In Christ, I'm a new creation. In Christ, I'm forgiven and free. In Christ, I am fully accepted and loved. In Christ, I am more than a conqueror. In Christ, I have resurrection power. And these things are not negotiable. They can't be taken from you, no matter how people treat you on the outside. Listen, we can walk in these things with power. And this is the message of the Holy Spirit toward you. And it's amazing. Father God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and the role for you to declare to us the things that Jesus is saying. Those are my sons and daughters. That They have purpose and destiny. That I love them and that I'm proud of them. That I'm calling them up to this upward call to live with a sense of certainty I thank you that fear does not equate into this version of them. They're not fearful. They have not been given a spirit of fear. I thank you that we don't walk in shame and regret because Jesus, you've paid the ultimate price. And so we can walk with acceptance and with love and that these are the messages of the Holy Spirit. And so I ask that you would attune our ear to that frequency today. I ask tomorrow morning when we wake up that we would instantly have our minds set on heaven. Right now, I want to silence the lies of the enemy that have been spoken over your sons and daughters. In those places where, they have, where the enemy has sowed doubt and insecurity, where he has planted fear and doubt, where he has planted shame and regret. Lord, we uproot those things in the name of Jesus and Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to replace those things with a message from heaven. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen and amen.